0: I want to start with something funny.
1: Yeah, I mean, funny to us. I don't know if other people will laugh, but we're going to find out. Welcome to the Humanity Sales Podcast, where we talk about the marketing revolution that's happening in tech consulting and how the best businesses are elevating their brand, amplifying their message, and selling more by being more human. We're your hosts, Brandon Triola.
0: And I'm Nate Nettie. Let's get into it.
1: I think we've seen some crazy, crazy things happen. Like we've had some crazy, funny scenarios happen. I think everybody in business, like I would love to know the stories of some of these like tech consultants and these like, like how global they got tech started companies. Like what happens on their Zoom calls, or like what's what happens in their meetings? Like they probably have the funniest things happen. <laughs> I I don't know if this I don't know if this could this was it this was this is I guess
0: a good example of. Hey, when the yeah, I don't know. Maybe maybe can we we'll put not music over
1: that. this. It's like yeah. like like funny music, like they put on like blooper reels?
0: No, I don't think I want to tell that story. Okay,
1: <laughs> I think it's I think it's a little. We'll leave it to people's. Yeah,
0: it's a it's a funny story. It's not offensive at all. But now everybody wants to hear it. There.
1: We have to tell it. We you can't do that. Like even you can't take someone to the edge and be like, and then leave them.
0: Yeah. So I guess it it is a it is a. Uh, An example of how too many hands in the pot can create like something awful and tone deaf. And it actually wasn't us. We were on the receiving end of it.
1: But like And for the record, we were trying to create something really human.
0: Very human, very inclusive. It was an ad campaign. So we showed we showed this, you know, this woman in consulting who's in a wheelchair, you know, as part of like Representative of all people in consulting. Yeah, we're like just trying to be inclusive. Just one, one of show many even, yes. different kinds, shapes, types, ages, you know, ableness, whatever. We're representing everyone in, in consulting. And the client changed the call to action without us knowing before it went live on the ad. And it was like the call to action was learn how to get moving. Learn how to move
1: forward. But yeah, learn how to move forward. Yeah. And then with and the image of the lady in the wheelchair right next to we it, we saw <laughs> it. We were
0: like, "Who, who did this? What?" And, that, and like, our team was like, "No, it was, it was the client." Like before it went out of yeah. our hands into market, they just changed it because they thought it was a better call to action. And we were like, "Oh my gosh!" But that ad slapped. It's tone deaf. It's very that tone ad deaf. slapped though. It converted. I guess it's. I guess it's a good segue into talking about the the bureaucracy how bureaucracy can is just absolutely destroying creativity
1: yeah and i think one at uh, giant companies in terms of just humanizing yeah. the bureaucracy and just the nature of a business it's not a human thing like businesses are not human so when your business grows it's only going to become less human because it's only going to become more bureaucratic hmm. so a lot of times the barriers to doing this stuff is just the structure of the thing that you're in It's just like a beast. It's like a beast. Yeah. And
0: and they're saying, make more money, make more money, make more money. And you're saying my arms are tied behind my back. I literally, what do you want me to do?
1: That's well, that's the irony I think, because the irony is the way to grow and the way to stand out is to humanize everything about your business, your brand from the top to the bottom. But businesses by nature are not, it's not a human like structure. Like the idea of businesses exist to, to eliminate the humanity, so that we can be more
0: efficient, we can yes. maximize. Yes. Insert variable to make a profit.
1: Yeah, which we love. Gotta Profits make, are great. If you
0: don't have money, you don't have a mission. In you fact, can't, you can't. If you're live not your making
1: a profit. I would say you're probably in trouble. <laughs> for like a lot of the SaaS companies, They want to start there, a right?
0: business and lose money. Dude, how about Said this? No one ever. I
1: saw like the, the the tech bubble that's burst in SaaS is crazy right now, and I was following this thread, and this guy was saying basically that. SaaS companies right now should just if, like, if you can break even, you're good. If you can make a dollar in revenue, you're, if you're in the positive $1 <coughs> per month or week or whatever it is, you're in a good spot. And I'm like, that's scary. Yeah, it is kind of freaky. Like I cannot imagine being in an area where it's like that fragile.
0: Yeah. So anyways, being more human business. That's where you, you were talking about how businesses by nature, are not human.
1: Well, they're not. We, I mean, even running our own business, like there's times where it's like, man, this doesn't feel very like empathetic today. This decision that I have to make doesn't feel very, you make one decision over here about something and somebody's not going to be happy with it over here.
0: Well, oftentimes from my experience, from my seat as the CEO, I think that just by the nature of doing business, you ha- you have a binary choice. Either make money and impact some humans negatively or lose money and impact some humans positively. I think that's a, I think, I think what we'll start to see in the future is the elimination of this binary choice. And somehow businesses will start to figure out how to do both.
1: Yeah. I think so too. I think businesses are starting to figure it out. I think it's just hard. Well, they're
0: going to die if they don't.
1: Yeah. To be honest with you. And they already are. And we're seeing that happen. And I think too, like people like our generation is changing. Like the workforce has drastically changed compared to what it was when our parents worked, right? Mm -hmm. So our generation wants different things now than what our parents wanted. And our parents wanted security. They wanted stability. They wanted to wake up every morning. They wanted to go to work. They wanted to put their head down. And they wanted to hit 62 years old and retire, which there's nothing wrong with that.
0: No, it's a great plan.
1: The context of where we were as a society created that. But things are different now. So what you have are all of these businesses, especially technology consulting businesses, that are operating with that understanding of like, this is the way that the world still is. Yeah. But now you've got millennials and now you've got Gen Zers who are very emotional beings. Like we are very emotional, right? We talked about crying a couple episodes ago. And I don't cry. Millennials respond totally different. And I think if anything right now, the, the, the culture that we're in is, has started to expose how unhuman business is. Yeah. Because people want business to not just be their whole life. They want it to be something that serves their life. They want work to be something that benefits their life, not something that is their life.
0: hundred percent. I would say that, uh, well, I'm going to, I'm going to take a, I'm going to do a hot take that isn't, it's a, I would call it a lukewarm take at this You don't do hot point. takes. You just have this, you know, I'm, I'm going to do a hot take. Yeah. But I think it's actually <laughs>
1: what, what? It's just, you don't just that's like saying uh, I'm going to do a basketball shot and that you just shoot. That it. is what you would say. <laughs> <laughs> no. So hot take. Uh, that's
0: not really a hot take. I think it's actually uh, pretty obvious is that uh, I think that the the partner based consulting model. Going back to your thing about business not being human, the generation that was, the generation that is coming in in, in taking taking over running these businesses. I think that we're gonna see the the partner
1: model die. Will you explain what the partner model is? Because partner I model think is not all of our listeners will understand that. There there will be some that do. They'll partner like, model is Oh yeah, nobody's talking about ju- is, is,
0: is, is, it's how the largest consulting firms in the world are structured right now. And have been structured for decades. So basically you come in as a grunt right out of school. Like, literally, they call them campus hires. They go to your school. They recruit you, and you go, oh, my God. And, you know, back in the day, I'm going to make $45,000 the day that I graduate.
1: I remember at one point in my life, $45,000, I would have thought I was the richest person on the
0: Dude, I made $30,000 when I graduated <laughs> college, and I thought. Mama, we made it. <laughs> we did it. You know what $30,000 gets you today? Nothing. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, that's a, so mean. A label.
1: Yeah. Like, yeah, anyway, not much is the yeah. point. Anyway. Uh, there are homeless people making 30000 a year. <laughs> Can I say that? <laughs> <That's> so funny. <laughs> they probably got better benefits than some people at some of these corporations. <laughs> I saw this yes. guy the other day, literally watching YouTube on his cell phone. I'm not even kidding. He, he, literally, right down the street from where he was posted up under a tree, just just going down a rabbit hole, just watching vids of people not putting their shopping carts back. Like he had his charger, had it plugged in. Like I'm like, who is like he's paying for data? Like this is just the world we're in. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he probably has a gym
0: membership. Like. <laughs> anyway, here's the point. You, all the way back. So the consulting model is dying. The, the, the partner-based Partner consulting model. model is dying. Here's why it's dying. Let me tell you why it's dying. In the, in the world that our parents grew up in, you know, they had this. I'm going to paint with broad, broad brush strokes here. But in the world that they came up in, their their parents' generation, you know, was at war. They experienced depression great depression they experienced war and several so wars several wars yeah and uh the world was sort of ups- upside down basically everything everything could go away at any minute not a lot of stability a lot of scarcity a lot of fear and so what you have is the boomer generation coming up being raised by these folks with by and large a huge emphasis on stability like yeah. you talked about with your with your dad and so when you're coming out of college and uh a company like Deloitte in the 80s or 90s, 70s, whatever, whatever era says to you, hey, we're going to start you at this, this much, you know, for what, whatever the time is, it's more than your buddies are making for yeah. sure. And then they go, if you stay here for 30 years, yeah, they carve this path out for yeah, you, right? It's like, like it's right a, off the bat. It's a carrot path. Yeah. Every 18 months to two years, three years, there's a new carrot. Like, hey, you can, you can make. 10% more in a couple of years. Yeah. Just stick around. And then the idea is that, th- is that you march towards 65 with your head down, and you make partners somewhere along the way in your 40s or, or whatever, 45, 50, if you're lucky. And you make a couple hundred grand a year, three 300 grand, 400 grand a year. Obviously, some partners make a lot more.
1: Which... Let me just say, in and of itself, that's not a bad thing to go after. No, we're no, not no. knocking people for going after. Not this. at all. I'm just explaining why we, it's dying. I, I have friends in the in these kinds of businesses that, like, you know, they're they're set, like they're on a path. They're good.
0: It's a great. It is a great business. But they are for some older. People. Yeah. Yeah. I'm saying, I'm not saying that it's bad. I'm just saying this is why it's dying. It's changing. Yeah, times are changing. It, times are changing. So you have a generation that's like preached their parents are preaching to them stability security yeah. i remember my grandpa told me the first job i got he was like you can have that job for the rest of your life and you should and so you have this whole generation going your job Great. at the hardware store no 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 it was uh i was an admissions counselor i was like I oh, don't at the college I yeah
1: i don't want to do this but so not when there's homeless people making more <laughs> than you <laughs> i don't even have data <laughs> i don't have data you, you couldn't even afford data back then you had a flip phone still <laughs> yeah this is when iPhone 10s were out. Don't
0: even get me started on how poor I was, up. <laughs> I was so poor I didn't even have a rich friend.
1: <laughs> that's tr- that's the
0: truth. You're so poor. <laughs> Everyone else you knew was poor. <laughs> yeah. All
1: right, so back to the point.
0: Um <laughs> so the the consult- shout out to all the
1: one TV households growing up. You had one TV. <laughs> you had a TV? <laughs> we had we had one TV until like later on and then my you, dad got a second you were TV rich. for downstairs. You yeah. Were oh yeah. Rich. Oh yeah. We did well. Dude, I Shout had Shout out Tom.
0: We got a TV. We got a TV when I was 9. Okay? This was this was the late 90s when there were nice TVs out there. It was black and white and it had a rotary dial <laughs> and
1: it had bunny ears. Yeah. And it was 13 in. You inch. got a TV from the 50s, bro. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Dude, I was yeah, I I was guys, I grew up poor. That's the, the more. So let's story. bring it back. Times yeah, I'm are changing. I'm trying to bring it Sorry, back. Just I, let
1: me. You're lobbing them up for me.
0: I'm gonna try to make this condensed so that we can just like nail it. Times are changing. The consulting partner model is dying. You have a generation raised by people that emphasize stability. So you come out of college and you go, Man, I'm gonna get the most stable job. I'm gonna march on a path to 65, and when I hit 65, I'll have a few million in the bank and I will be retired. And I'll be I I will be successful, I'll be retired happy. The problem is the reason why that's dying is that this this generation, by and large, they're not interested in marching towards retirement. They want to do what they want to do now. They want to live purposefully now. They're not waiting their yeah. whole life to yeah. live when they turn 65. They want meaning now. They want meaning and purpose yes. at work now. It's not because they want it at work. Work is just a thing in their lives that yeah. that is just a tool for them to yeah. to used to live their real purpose and passion. And I think
1: it's noble because I think millennials, Gen Zers, we want to contribute to the greater good. Mm-hmm. I honestly think at its core, and there's a large study, I think done by McKinsey on this about millennials have been mistaken for the selfish generation, but actually millennials are the most empathetic generation. Like we don't want to just live for ourselves. We don't just want to mm-hmm. go after getting as much as possible we want to have nice things, right? Like we want to have our avocado toast and go to brunch, but we want to buy shoes that we know is going to like help some kid get out of slavery. Yeah. Tom's shoes. That's exactly what it is. And so I think at its core, I think that's noble and that's different. That's just different than where we've been as a society. And so I think all these things are culminating and, and this, this partner model that you're talking about, and this, this partner model, by the way, it's not just consultancies, it's law firms, it's mm. creative, it's, creative agencies, large creative, It's agencies. no longer desirable,
0: it's not desirable. So then the question becomes, well, then what is the model? What's the model of the future? How do we attract and retain talent and keep them for a long time? Yeah. And the answer is you give them purpose at work yeah. and you give them freedom. Those are the two things that you need to keep people around purpose we, and freedom.
1: I think that this is, it's definitely the human way to retain top talent. Yeah. You have to give your young people, your talented people more than just a couple of signs in the break room of your office. that talk about your core values. And this is a whole nother topic and I want to get into it at some point, but to, but to talk about becoming a purpose driven technology consulting brand. What does that look like?
0: Yeah, and because if you're not that, yeah, over the next decade,
1: yeah, you're going
0: to lose. Yeah. Now, granted you have the big 4, you have the big consultancies, like they will be around because they're big. Yeah. It's like big banks. They're not they're not going to fail. But uh, they will certainly lose market share to smaller firms that will grow much at a much faster clip than
1: yeah. than they did. Yeah. So, tying this all together, times are changing. The, this old ways of doing things are not working anymore. People don't want them. The human, I think it's the, it's the human nature of, of society and of people. We want something different. And as, a, as businesses... We have to adapt to, to what people want now. Like we have to adapt to the way that society is going and realizing that millennials and Gen Zers are going to make up the workforce. How do we change? How do we adapt? It's not just brand and marketing. It's the whole structure of our businesses have to change. People don't want to come into the office.
0: Well, what about this? This is a problem because if you are a partner at a giant firm, you are incredibly invested in the model because that's how you get paid. Yeah. So what has to, what gives then? What changes?
1: I don't know, because I'm not a partner in a giant firm.
0: Yeah, it sounds like I'm railing on partnerships at a giant firm. You might think that if you, if you rolled my backstory, I was denied a partnership at a big firm, and now I have an, an ax to grind. That is not the case. Um, I just think that the lack of humanity that the model creates and the marginalization that it, that it creates on purpose and the humans in proximity to the model... I think that you will see an intolerance build up by and large in society and something something will have to give and a new model will have to be
1: created. I don't think there's anything that's like, oh, what will have to happen right now? Like, what should they do? I think actually it's going to happen naturally. Like it's going to be rejected. People are just going to say no to it.
0: Well, I mean, if you look at the Great Recession, like after the pandemic, it's if that's any any indication of what we're going to see over the next decade. I mean, there's going to be a big shift coming. So people are forced to stay home. And all of a sudden, it's like they wake up out of a coma and they're like, oh, I like my family. I like riding my bike at night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like (laughs) the sunshine. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. I don't want to wait till I'm 60. I don't want to wait till I'm 60 to to do this. I'd like to do it now. I'd like
1: to go and open my laptop from the beach and get my work done. Yeah. And And and, do a great job. And then shut it at five. Yes.
0: And be with my family. Yes. And. All we're saying is that if you wanna be positioned as a tech consultancy with longevity, you gotta think about the model that your business is structured. We're structuring our model a little bit different. We can get into that. Maybe not. Yeah. You'll see. But what would you say
1: the big takeaway for all this is?
0: The takeaway is this. You have to humanize the model at your company around what people really want at work. Just giving them a, a committed paycheck that they can count on, which is not even the case. Tech companies are laying off people left and right, but just giving, give, promising a paycheck and good benefits and a yoga studio on site. That's not going to retain people. The next generation and the generation that's coming in, this, the, the, the transfer of is happening to, they want more from work. And we're not saying anything that other people aren't already saying. I'm just saying from a creative standpoint, there are ways to solve this this problem that uh, you can take advantage of right now.
1: I want to get right into something here because I think it's really, really vital on how humanizing technology consulting and digital transformation businesses can get really practical. And I think when you look at this at the brand level, um, there's some really interesting data just around the internal brand DNA of our businesses and how they're wired, specifically around just our our brand messaging and vision statements and mission statements. And there's some really interesting data um, that we use a lot when we're going through this with clients. But basically, businesses with a clear and compelling vision statement perform like 50% better revenue-wise than those that don't. Harvard did this study. like Mm. It's crazy. So one of the things that we've noticed and seen in auditing all kinds of technology businesses technology firms consulting businesses digital transformation businesses when we come in and they like we talked about they have these leaks where we think we need to redo our website or we had we saw one thing that was really crazy they were having this turnover problem and like this company large multi 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 million dollar consulting company doing amazing technology stuff and people were leaving like their best people were leaving And they weren't sure what was going on. Like, how do we get our people to to stay? We did research. We did an audit. We did, you know, focus groups. And when when we boiled it down, like to find the root problem, it was nobody was clear on where the business was going. So the people were literally leaving because they didn't have the clarity on where the business was headed. Yeah,
0: it kind of creates maybe the same feeling as if you're sitting in a rowboat and somebody else is rowing with one oar and you're going, we're going in circles, we're going in circles, but they can't hear you. Yeah. And so finally you just jump out of the boat. Yeah. I would rather swim.
1: But this ties in, I'm trying to find this, um, this ties in. So this is it. Companies with the vision and mission statement grow four times faster than a standard business. Just, just a statement. That's what it, that's the Harvard business. Oh, that's review interesting.
0: Study. That feels like a low bar because we've, I've read
1: some, some statements like
0: our vision is to create a world where we make more money and our mission is making more money.
1: The bar for for humanizing your brand and your business has never been lower tech companies, I think. What do you mean by that? Like, it's not that it's not science rockets. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Then tell us how to do it. Um, well, that's why we're here, but I, w- I want to touch on this thing of like purpose for a little bit, because I think it's really, really important. Um, the, the whole idea of like a vision statement, right? The anatomy of what a good vision statement is. If your company's vision statement is only about profitability and the growth of your bottom line or your business, you're not giving your people, your talented people, something to, like, get meaning from. Basically, what I'm saying is this. Talented people want to belong to a business that they feel like is contributing to the world in an empathetic way. Mm. There is study after study that now proves this across the board. Millennials, Gen Zers, even people, you know, in between, a little older, We, people want meaning and the best, one of the easiest ways to do that is to craft internal brand messaging and have a vision and a mission and even the purpose statement that transcends business growth. Mm. And this is really hard for left brain people.
0: Can you break down a, like the anatomy of a great vision, a great mission statement and a great purpose? Yeah, well,
1: I'll just give a couple examples here. I'll just pull a couple up um, because I think it's, I think it's not, like I said, I don't think this is really hard stuff. Like, I don't think this is hard to do. I think we've made it hard. And I think because of the nature of our businesses, like, like I talked about business in and of itself, it's not a human thing. So the language that you use, the anchor language that you use inside your business is one way that you can easily humanize your business and humanize the experience that your people and your market have with your business. And so I'll, I'll, I'll talk through a couple of these. There's actually some really good examples um, of great mission statements out there and great vision statements out there. But I just want to touch on this just for a second. So um, Microsoft, their vision statement is, a co- or at one point it was this, a computer on every desk and in every home. Yeah, that's cool. It's cool because they're that, not just, That
0: happened at a time when that wasn't the case. Yeah. It seems like a foregone conclusion yeah. now.
1: That's an innovative, like, world-changing vision statement that, like, you're trying to get somebody to go leave, like, IBM or another company to come work for you. Like, hey, we are... We are after creating this world. Mm. Uh, Patagonia, you talked about Patagonia on a previous episode. yeah we're in business to save our home planet. I mean that's amazing. Yeah. like that's a vision statement that is so that so much transcends revenue, it yeah. transcends bottom line and a lot of the companies, the tech consulting companies that are out there, when you break down their vision statement, it is it's something about like do great work to do great work
0: and create extreme value for our. Customers and yeah. employees and good equity for our
1: people and yeah. shareholders. So if you're w- listening to this or watching this, you're probably asking, okay, well then, okay, Brandon and Nate, how do we create a vision statement? Okay, geniuses, yeah. then tell me what it How do we is? create a vision statement that's like filled with purpose and meaning and rallies people around I will say because like we own
0: a marketing company and our mission is not save the whales. So... Yeah. How, like we can't be Patagonia. We're not donating money to yeah. nature causes. We so can. so short of no. We can't. Um <laughs> short of so when you're creating a vision for for a tech consultancy that you want to be a rallying crowd and you a rallying cry and you want to make it human. You know, obviously you can't make it this big world-changing thing but how do you
1: how do you humanize a vision statement for a tech consultancy the first thing that you have to do is you have to get the 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 people that are the core of your business if this is i don't know what the stakeholders look like if it's you have a board or maybe you have a partner model where there's like four or five owners of the business or an executive leadership team or an executive leadership team you have to get everybody in a room and you have to start with this question and the question is this what is the world that we want to leave behind When we're all gone, when this business is gone or in a hundred years from now, or even 10 years from now, what kind of world do we want to leave in the wake of this organism that we've built, that's bringing in revenue and providing jobs for people and changing the world, digital, you know, changing these companies digitally, digitalization, whatever. What is that world that we want to leave behind? And this is the part that's really hard because you have to think on the humanity scale here. You can't think, well, we want to make sure that we provide shareholder value and uh, sh- shareholder return. And that's not a vision. Mm-hmm. So it's really simple. The vision, think of a mountain. The vision is the top. Where are we headed? Think about an end goal. We just did um, a brand audit for somebody a couple weeks ago, and their vision statement was something about um, awesome experiences. It's not an, that, it's not an end state. That's not, a, that's not a place where I'm pulling you in, I'm linking arms with you, and I'm saying, that's where we're going. Yeah. And people, young people need clarity. Really, everybody needs clarity. But ask that question. What world do we want to leave behind? How is the world going to be different because we were here? Not how is the bottom line going to be different. Yeah. Not how is the bank account going to be different. How is the world going to be different? And this is what's so amazing about digital transformation businesses is you guys are doing this. like They are helping businesses transform that, that are either going to digitalize or die. And the things that they are doing to empower these businesses, whatever industry those are in, are going to literally help the world keep moving. Yeah. So don't say, well, we can't really find a deeper human meaning for why we exist, and we're a technical business. No, you can find it. You just have to go a little deeper and find it.
0: Okay, so let me just play devil's advocate here. I'm the private equity guy funding this company, and my marketing team has hired Forrest, and Forrest is telling us we got to humanize. And I'm going, <laughs> I made a hundred million dollars and I didn't humanize crap.
1: Yeah. You could have made 200. Oh, interesting. So for the the skeptics out
0: there that are just like, this is softball. You millennials need to be all touchy feely. I know how to make money hand over fist without giving a rip about anybody's feelings. Sell me on investing a significant amount of money to pull my leadership team together to mine for what this is. Like, How does it make me more money? How does it actually impact my business day to day? What will I see
1: from investing in this? I don't think I want to work with you. That's what I'd say. (laughs) You don't sound very human. You don't sound like you really care. Wow. That's what I'd say.
0: That's interesting. Yeah. So basically what you're saying is if you don't create something like this, people won't. I'm I'm just
1: saying me personally, like if you actually ask me what I would say to that, I wouldn't even try to pitch you on it because... You don't seem like a person that actually cares about humanity, and I value working with companies that actually care about empowering people and not just making money.
0: No, that's a good point. Okay, so I'm interested. Yeah. I'm on the fence. I'm th- you got my intention, but I have to open my wallet. And mind you, as an investor, this is money out of my own pocket that I'm going to inject into this business to, to do this. I'm going to spend the money. I just need sold on it.
1: Yeah, I would say, how important is it to you that everybody on your team and the people that you're currently trying to hire know where they're going? They know where the business is headed, and they st- know that they. belong. I still don't in.
0: understand. It's not that important because I don't understand the net impact of them knowing that. What does it matter? I I tell them where to go. I'm as a as an investor, as a CEO, we say we're gonna we're gonna start these yeah. products. We're gonna open up like this section of our business, and we're gonna do more work in this area. Why do I need a top of the mountain rally? I'd say, company? how's
1: your turnover? And you probably said, actually, yeah, like people leave quite frequently. I'd yeah. say, there you go. Yeah. You know what that's costing you? A lot. Turnover costs a lot. It's really expensive. You have, like, if you're in the tech consulting space, you have to keep people. And the most talented people on your team, guess what? They're not 60 years old. They're, they're between the ages of 30 and 45. And guess what they want? And I'll give you all the studies if you want to read it. They want meaning and they want purpose. In fact, they will take less money. Here's a study. Like I'll send it to you, Mr. Uh, P. Bill, Bill Butlicker. Bill Butler. <laughs> of all the names. It's William. William actually. H. <laughs> like I'll send you the studies because this is what people want. And I'm not saying you have to make it fluff, but I'm saying this is why Harvard did a study and said businesses with a vision statement grow four times faster than those that don't. But the, the, the question isn't do we have a vision statement? It's, is our vision statement the right kind of vision statement? So all I'm saying is this, craft a vision for your business that goes just beyond revenue and gives people clarity about where your business is headed. Even if it doesn't feel fluffy, it's a better, it's a more human start than not. And we worked with an insurance company They're in Tennessee. They're awesome. They're called, they're called IGA. And uh, the the CEO had a, he had actually had a great vision statement. He said, "We want to be the largest privately owned insurance agency in the state by 2030." It was clear and it showed where they were headed. Now, was it super fluffy? No, but he's going to get him there. That's a good start. What I'm saying is, if you can take it a layer deeper. It's, it's that much even more, more powerful. If you could get to the Patagonia level, oh my gosh, that's amazing. To impact the personal We're lives in of 10,000. We're business 10, to save our home yeah. planet. Yeah. So we can't get into like exactly how to break it down and do it because I don't, we don't have like a specific business sitting in front of us. But the key thing is this, to understand, your, your vision statement needs to be where you're headed as a business and as a brand and the kind of impact that you want to leave on the world. Then you're going to need a mission statement. And a mission statement has to be, this is a really simple way to remember this. If we're looking at the mountain, right? If your vision statement is the top of the mountain where you're headed, your mission statement needs to be the how you get there. Mm. They can't be disconnected. They have, to, they have to be so connected and you have to say them, repeat them everywhere and get your people to know, well, here's where we're headed and here's how we're getting there. And that's what will make people go, I'd like to get behind you on that. Yeah, I would like to come alongside you and help you with that mission. I would like to help you empower these enterprise leaders to overcome this. This is where the storytelling all fits together in vision, in mission, in, in brand DNA. So you have to have a, a, to humanize your brand, you have to start with these things, your vision, your mission statement. If you can come up with like a purpose statement, that's maybe like a little deeper. That's awesome. But that's the start. And that is. That's why I'm saying like the bar is low. Like this doesn't require tons of funding. This doesn't require tons of resources. This just requires going a little bit deeper and thinking about the impact you want to make on the world as humans and then uniting and rallying your people around it. That's great, man. Thanks for that. You're very welcome. I'll see you out there.